Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Jordan? Uh, doing just fine. It's uh, kind of settling down this week. It's uh, It's been a little bit different. Uh, you know, with the, unfortunately, biathlon coming to a close and and sort of getting my mind around the fact that there aren't going to be any more any more races this weekend. I know it's there's definitely uh, seeing Oslo was a mix of of uh, pure enjoyment and and sadness for the the many re- retirees and uh, just the fact that the season is over. And I know that there's still like the Swedish Championship and there's. Uh, for Mart, uh, yeah, Martin Forcad Nordic event and the Blink Festival, but it just doesn't quite cut it. So, yeah, this uh, sort of the the silly season. Yeah, um, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's fun, but it's just uh, it doesn't quite have the same gravitas as the the World Cup season and the Olympics and and you know the all the the things that come with it. Mm-hmm. Well, and especially three weeks in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Just you're yeah. kind of spoiled for three weeks, and then <laughs> all of a sudden it's just done. It is. Well, I mean, every other, you know, you know, we start off with four straight weeks and then we have a couple of week break, but then it comes back and then, you know, three straight weeks and then a couple of week break. But in between, we've got the European championships and then the, mm-hmm. the world championships, the Olympics. And now we have three weeks and then short of nothing. <laughs> yeah. It kind of fades off. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll we'll get through it. I, it's always funny, though, when, when the season starts again, you're like, oh, that went fast. Oh, I know. I, so every year in November, I am like, I feel like I'm scrambling to try to get a hang on, you know, the the upcoming season and trying to, know. you know, remember all of the thoughts that I, you know, had, had you know, uh, mm. scribbled down somewhere at the end of the previous season that I wanted to remember. And inevitably, I've lost it and can't remember any of my, <laughs> any of my conclusions. Yeah. 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 And I, right now, I just feel so behind with all the, like I still feel like I have so many dashboards that I need to update with the latest data and uh, so many articles that I still want to write about it. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, been, Completely it's been very busy at work. So that's why I haven't really gotten to anything yet, but uh, slowly catching up. So oh, I completely understand. I actually, it's, um, it's interesting. I, I had this whole, all these ideas for like end of season wrap up and I had a, a schedule set up for myself of, you know, I want to have, you know, every couple of days have something done and uh, within Within one day, I was already behind. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, that sounds well, better. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it, but you know, just, yeah, it'll just it'll extend it out a little bit more. Yes, yeah, we'll spread it out over the summer. Yeah. Well, did you have fun with the the Oslo races? Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, back back as it used to be, uh, finishing the season in Oslo and. Uh, it got to the point really quickly where I got so frustrated with the uh, um, the broadcasting, the, the the people talking, because they were like, <laughs> "Oh, we were were we here last year?" No, I'm not sure. Like they went on and on. So, and then I figured because there's uh, on the IBU stream, the international stream, you actually mm-hmm. have uh, three feeds. So there's the main feed, and then there's a uh, I don't know what they call it, but it's basically somewhere down the the track. They have a camera set up. And mm. then the third one is the uh, the shooting area mm-hmm. that they focus on. But of course, I'm not very smart. I didn't realize that I could just put the sound on of the 
uh, shooting area mm. that has no commentary yeah. and just turn off the main one. Anyway, long story, but uh, <laughs> that made it even more enjoyable to just, I just love it listening to the ambient sounds and just of the, the racers itself and mm -hmm. uh, not being distracted by some British guys. <laughs> no, I that, that are very, very knowledgeable. Don't get me wrong here, but I just, I do, it, it must be really hard as a commentator to just add information, but not talk too much. Yes. And, I, and yeah. I'm very picky about it. So for me, it's just better to just turn them off. But yeah, yes, it was wonderful. And uh, uh, the only thing that could have been better, and that's being really, really picky, is that there could have been more snow. And of course, they don't have control mm -hmm. over that. But uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just, you know, the crowd is so positive and knowledgeable and, and uh, just all over. And the athletes all seem very happy and just, you know, probably a mix of, of sadness, but also excitement that it's over the season, just, you know, because by this time they must be completely exhausted. And yeah, um, yeah it's just good atmosphere. And I'm, I'm looking forward to hear uh, from uh, uh, Biathlon Stats if he uh, yes. posts some uh, some more details on his uh, stay there. That would be yeah. uh, fun to hear. And we'll read. see some, some, some more pictures and some more videos. Mm hmm. You look like he was having a great time. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, so for me, Oslo, I mean, it's the only uh, venue that I've been to. Um, I have, mm. I've never been to any of the others. I've never actually seen a race there. I was been there in July. So in the middle of the summertime, not exactly mm -hmm. winter sports weather, but um, you know, it just, it, for me, it brings back memories seeing the area. And um, so it just, I, I, I enjoy that of course, but it's mm -hmm. also, it's, um, I, I agree with what you said. There was just so much joy uh, with the the fans and the the athletes. I, I I don't. It's been a couple of years since we've seen everybody be this happy. Um, there was just there were so many celebrations and um, of of the retirees, but also just of the the whole. Um, I think the the whole season and and even the the fans and everybody. It just everybody it was just a very joyous atmosphere. I keep coming back to that word, but. Um, that's just what it what it felt like to me, and we even got the king out uh, for uh, yeah. a couple of days. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, <laughs> it clearly was a big event if if we're bringing out literal royalty. I think he comes out every time, hey? I think so, yeah. Because yeah. I know I've seen him at the uh, cross country skiing as well. He just uh, he must I don't know if he's typically in Oslo, um, but yeah, it's uh, that's it's such a great tradition. A little awkward at sometimes, but <laughs> yeah, no, I would actually, I'd love to see him out on the skis. Yeah, I'm sure he does still. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then and, it was and, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to agree with you. It was just a, yeah, I agree. There was a, just a, uh, I wish there would have been just a little more snow and a little more more cold. It just looked like it was kind of some warm, sloppy weather. Yeah, and I was going to say, so I had my uh, my biathlon practice yesterday, and and it's been pretty warm here as well, in, or. Uh, in Calgary and Camor and just skiing in, in mushy, warm snow. It's just, it just reminded me, like, I know it's far from ideal, but, um, just like every push off mm -hmm. of your ski, it feels like you're, you're slipping away and just feels like your energy is just drained. And then to mm -hmm. see these guys like sprint up these hills and, and just, <laughs> I know <laughs> it's just crazy what these guys do. Yeah, I, I was watching, you know, every race on the, the last lap and I just was thinking to myself, like their legs have to be absolutely screaming 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they look pretty good. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. I, yeah. I would be going in reverse, but they, they, uh, they, I mean, uh, I'm not going to say they look fresh, but if all things considered, that was, uh, that was pretty, pretty good, pretty good racing. The, the biathletes, they must be in, in some sort of top 10 of, of most complete athletes and strongest athletes in the world. Oh yeah. You know, I, com- I agree. Just the combination of, of, of the two completely different aspects. And then I can only think of things like triathlon or, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the decathlon on, on the Olympics or stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say decathlon would be number one, but biathletes have to be pretty close. There's nowhere else that you have such test of, of fine motor skills like that Mm -hmm. at the same time as, you know, the endurance and the explosiveness that you need for, uh, for a a biathlon race. Yeah. 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 These guys are, they're amazing. Mm -hmm. Anything else before we head into the races? Uh, let's jump into it. All right. Overview of the week. So we had the women's sprint or women's sprint on Friday. And I actually really mm-hmm. like that, that they had the two races on Friday. Uh, women's sprint was supposed to go on Thursday. got moved due to rain, I think. Because it was warm yeah. overall anyway. But yep. On Speaking of warm weather. Yeah. And... Um, Great race. Um, wonderful to see Ekhoff in front of her own uh, home crowd. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hauser doing really well on the second second spot and Roisland third. I mean, two Norwegians on the podium. Davidova doing, uh, doing very well, unfortunately, just off the podium again. So it was, uh, yeah, a lot of fun to watch. I agree. Yeah, uh, it was sort of... Um... A dream come true for for Ekhoff uh, mm-hmm. after a, a less than terrific start to the year, and um, you know, obviously not the season she was wanting, but but and we'll we'll cover it again later. But two wins on on home snow is is pretty much as good as you could hope for. And this and a different um, demeanor or or her her facial expression when she was shooting. Mm-hmm. Really reminded me again of last last season, mm-hmm. right? Just uh, yes, confidence and yeah, I don't know. There's, it's it's amazing how this one person can be so different within a yeah. season. Yeah, absolutely. She she looked exactly like I remember her from last year. That was actually <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, it was well, and it's just funny, right? Because this season, you really I at least started really to think when I saw Ekhoff, I'm like, oh my god, here we go. You know, mm-hmm. what is she going to do? And the, these last couple of races, she just looked so more confident that you mm-hmm. that you kind of felt like, yeah, this is going to, you know, she can always have a miss, but um, just felt like she was going to do it and be successful. And it, and it know, worked out for her. So I noticed it during the relay actually last weekend. Um, mm. And she seemed to, when she got to the range, had that look on her face and uh, she had the same look this week. It worked yeah. out. It was uh, just <laughs> terrific racing. Absolutely, and you—you you mentioned my fave Hauser uh, finishing second. Hey, it's interesting. Two of her best races this year were actually sprint races, which I would not have predicted. Uh, before I know, this yeah. Season. So um, I wouldn't exactly call her a speed demon, uh, but uh, it, was, it was nice to see. Mm-hmm. No, for we'll sure. Talk more about her in a minute, I'm sure. 
Okay. Um, and then uh, uh, Yaslova, uh, making us look good again. Uh, we've yeah. talked about her recently and had a sixth place for her second best finish. And um, there was also, I, I appreciated seeing uh, Amanda Lightfoot, um, the British biathlete who. She was 60th, uh, right? 60th. Just, just yeah. snuck in, just yeah. snuck into the pursuits. And so she prolonged her career for one more race. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, so that was, that was nice. And then the, I think my, the shock for me was seeing uh, Vera with six misses in the sprint. I don't know what happened there. Um, missed yeah. the pursuit altogether. That was, Who I don't was know. That? I don't know what happened. Uh, Dorothea Vera. Oh, Vera. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I thought you said Elvira. No, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she, three misses in the, in the prone. That was yeah, shocking. Yeah. And then Hannah was even worse than that. Right. Four, I know. Four yeah. misses. Yeah. And then and it didn't yeah, look it like a, it was that hard of a shooting day. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, I wasn't. It makes I you wonder if just maybe something is going on, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, also with uh, three prone misses and two standing misses. Yeah, it was just a, it was just a weird sort of a day mess. for some points with four misses. Yeah. Yeah, she, well, I guess she was 45th. I mean, she put herself in danger of not making the pursuit also. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, but uh, I, I, like I said, it didn't look like it was that hard of a shooting day, but I guess there may be some people, the wind was a little swirly. I, maybe it was different from the zero wing to the... Could be, yeah. The actual race, I don't know. Yeah. But it was, uh, we mentioned uh, Davidova and Yaslova, and it was a pretty good day for, for the Czech woman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Did you want to move on? on? Yeah. yeah. Immense. Yeah. Speaking of Norwegian dominance, uh, yeah, Lagrade uh, Le- with uh, uh, just an absolutely phenomenal performance. I just sort of smothered the competition. Confident enough to to cross the, the finish <laughs> line with only seventeen people that have started in front of you. Of yeah, let me quickly check eighty seven, and you're <laughs> pumping your fist like you got this. Yeah, uh, he knew it. Yeah, <laughs> he knew it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, right behind him were were QFM and Samuelson, who were you know two very quick guys, and, and they also had no misses, and they were twenty two and twenty six seconds yeah. back. I mean, that's dominant. Yeah, it's uh, he's probably one of those people that would have hoped that the season would have lasted a little longer, but uh, yes, because yeah. he was already after the Olympic. We talked about that that his ski speed was there, but his shooting wasn't. But it mm-hmm. seems like his ski speed just kept kept going up. And, uh, yeah, well, first time in his career that he was the fastest man on the on the course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, absolutely great. And then still, like I'm sure he wasn't happy about it again to be second. Quentin Fumier, but it's <laughs> <I know. laughs> unbelievable how consistent he has been with with just always being in the in the top. Mm-hmm. And then you know Samuelson showing uh, that you know. With an up and down season, with a good start the season, he's finishing strong again. So that was nice mm-hmm. to see. And Absolutely, three Germans, Dol Lesser Navarth. So also uh, a fun race. Like yeah, it, it felt like Lagride was, you know, looking very strong for the win. Mm-hmm. But you know, with QFM still coming and uh, and some others. So uh, yeah, I, I I was gonna say that. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, I was stuck on Lysa there. Um, 
Uh, I know you hadn't mentioned him yet, but um, you know, sticking into the top five again. What a, I mean, just unbelievable close to his to his career. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and was it was it Dole in fourth? Dole in fourth, lesser in fifth. Yeah, yeah. and Navarro. Oh man, what a! And then Kuhn in eight. And Kuhn in, in eight, and and Zobel in eleven. Eleven. <laughs> yeah. The Germans. My God. Yeah. I I didn't even realize it at the time. What a great race for them. Yeah. I was but so then focused. You get uh, the Norwegians with yes. first, seventh, ninth, thirteenth. 16, 17, 19, and 20. How many was that? Seven in the top 20? Yes. I was so That's focused on that good. that I completely missed the, the Germans. And that included uh, Uldal, who I think it comes from a youth and junior. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't yep. think he's ever raced on the IBU Cup even. That was his absolute first race. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine? Just no. Come out there for your first race and get 20th. Yeah, that's... Wow. Yeah. And um, uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Tommaso uh, Jacomel and 14th. I think that was his best ever finish. He's the young, the young guy on the yeah, he's team, right? 21. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's so. a great result. Just before Strolia. Yes. One of our faves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there was one other guy I wanted to mention. Uh, oh. Scott Gao, who uh, yeah. unfortunately decided to retire, and that uh, was a, a surprise was, to me. Yeah, apparently he had uh, I did some some uh, checking yesterday uh, when mm-hmm. I was in Camor, and apparently he had announced it already within the team and some people mm. that uh, are close to the team. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I was I was hoping that he would at least make the pursuit, but unfortunately, it was sixty seventh. So. It wasn't in the books and I was, I was, uh, on Instagram, I was saying, you know, w- because he was sick and, uh, in Kuntalaki and then mm-hmm. getting better again. So I was like, well, I hope at least you'll, uh, you'll do well in the pursuit. And then later on, I realized that he didn't, he didn't even make the pursuit. <laughs> so I felt <laughs> such a dork. So I was like, oh yeah, I have to rub it in. But, uh, <laughs> he was pretty good. I, I'm about sure. It. I'm sure that he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't upset. Yeah. But, uh, Anybody else who uh, who stood out? Uh, I think we covered it pretty well. Okay. Let's move on to the uh, women's pursuit. And well, another say right off the bat, win. a very pretty dominant win. Yeah. With uh, almost uh, an extra loop in hand if she would have needed it, but she didn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Roisland's second again. And for, I, I mean, for Roisland, I'm sure she wanted to win, but for her, it was just more important to keep uh, Elvira behind her. And I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure when she actually claimed uh, the overall globe, but, um, you know, obviously if she was ahead of Oberg, then uh, there was yeah, nothing to worry about. And, yep. and then uh, Polina Fialkova. Yeah. Uh, caught me by surprise because I, oh. I i know her by name but i you know don't really follow her when i see her ski by or whatever but uh <laughs> yeah no i actually she had caught my eye uh uh last weekend or was it the weekend before or maybe even back in the olympics she had a she had a it was during the olympics 
she was hmm. 10th place in the pursuit. And, um, at that point I was like, I don't remember the last time I saw her. So, um, I've been just keeping an eye out for her and she's had a decent close to the year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, since, uh, since that pursuit, her worst finish was 26th. Um, yeah, a bunch of, uh, you know, 13th, 12th, 22nd, 15th. Yeah. Um, and then, and then this weekend's eighth and third in the sprint and pursuit. So, mm-hmm. um, I, last... I went back. What's that? No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I went back a couple of years. She hasn't raced like that in, in three seasons. She's not that old, eh? Mm-hmm. Like she's 29. Yeah. Yeah. For, I don't know. She, if, she, uh, it feels like she's been around forever, but uh, maybe yeah. she's one of those athletes that, that started young on the World Cup and has been around forever. But uh, well, I was going to say, 217 races. So she's been, mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice to see. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, uh, I just, I just wanted to mention Hauser again. She had the lead going into the last shooting and, um, wow, she, uh, wasn't able to hold it. Um, no. was the third shooting. She had the lead at some point, I believe. Yeah. I think it must've been the third shooting where she, yeah. she missed one. Yep. And, uh, just, just wasn't able to hold it. And, uh, everybody caught her and that was that. Yeah. Or am I thinking of the master? I'm thinking of the master. Are you? Yeah. I, I was just, yeah. I'm trying to picture the race, but uh, I can see that she, she was, you know, sixth in one eleven behind, but she was, yeah, she was, she was in the mix. I just remember her being in the mix and that was about mm-hmm. it. But uh, I, that was my enduring image of her this weekend was thinking she was going to come out with a win and <laughs> not quite able to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, and uh, Porto with the coming back from, from, 45th 45th yeah yeah so a uh, terrific race for her yeah and clean shooting yes. clean so yeah she's done that a couple times recently where she came from way back to finish finish higher i think the olympics maybe but uh yeah yeah it's, it's the whole season's been up and down for her and i wonder if mm-hmm. that's sort of uh coming out in the in the uh individual events too but do you know, um, was that Fem Steinovic from Norway, was she also one of those people that are brought up from, from youth or junior, or has she actually raced in the IBU Cup already? Uh, she's been in the IBU Cup. She actually, I, I had to go back and do some some research on her, but yeah, she's, she actually had a pretty decent season for oh, the yeah. IBU Cup. Oh, she's 26 already. Yeah. It's not a... She's must not be getting first. a whole lot of run. No, I, I just think, you know, when you're 26 and you're on the Norwegian team, you're, you're basically, you know, if you see the, the younger ones that are already coming up again mm-hmm. and the older ones in, in quotes who are sticking around, like it must be so frustrating not to, uh, yes. yeah. to get in there. But yeah. I, not a lot of people, I don't think, are hoping that Ekhoff and Roisland retire, but she might be one of the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me a chance, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then um, I was going to mention uh, Teresa Vobonakova Va- uh, from the Czech Republic, who, who mm-hmm. she has not had that many races, but she finished in 24th. And we had mentioned her actually a couple of weeks ago after the Olympics. She was at the Junior World Championships and had a very good right. uh, several races there. So just nice to see her come up to the World Cup and have a good race. Mm-hmm. 21 only. Mm-hmm. So... Czech Republic. Yeah. 
Czech Republic. Like young talent. Yep. Um, shall we move on to the men's? Yes. Yeah, that I don't know. I don't know what to say. I was literally like my I think my chair was literally on the ground <laughs> and I was jumping and like screaming, biting my nails, which I never do. Just I was cuz I, I every time I looked at Lester, I was like he's he's got it. He he mm -hmm. and then at that stretch where they were all on the little downhill when they come into the stadium and they all stayed mm -hmm. in the shade right next to the uh, advertising. Mm -hmm. And then for, I think I didn't expect Fionnier to already show up at the top when Lesser was in the downhill. And mm -hmm. he just, he was there sooner than I expected. And for some reason I was like, Oh my God, we're not going to, this is not going <laughs> to happen in the last little climb there. But uh, yeah, no, Lesser held them off and wow. I know what a, I mean, it wasn't his final race of his career, but man, it may as well have been. Yeah. I, I mean, that was, you could not have scripted a, a better ending. No. And it did I, feel for Legright. Uh, yeah. Cause I mean, he basically had it in his own hands and he had two misses and they were, they were pretty close on the right hand side and then on the left hand side. So, but you know, that's biathlon is a sport of inches. So, uh, yeah. Or centimeters, I suppose. Um, yeah, he had to uh, let Fiomaye pass him, but I was just so darn excited for Lesser. Absolutely. Um, I, I, we had spoken about this, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, and then again last at last podcast, just who would we want to see do well? And we both really wanted him to do well, and he had a lot of really good finishes recently, but it still seemed like a, a reach for him to actually win. I mean, he'd only won what two prior times in his career. Um, yeah. uh, it just was, it was incredible. It was like, it was like a movie. I mean, you just, you rarely see things like that actually happen. Um, that was, it was fun. I, 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 I'm at a loss for words. And I, I, yeah, it was just so nice to see all so many other athletes, being happy mm -hmm. for him, right? That came over mm -hmm. and, and and congratulated him, and um, and even when he walked away and through the through the uh, along the stands to go to the the king and stuff. So many mm -hmm. like uh, Arn Pfeiffer was there, and uh, some of his other teammates, coaches, and yeah, it was yeah, what a great way to. Uh, and I almost hoped that he wouldn't start the mass start anymore, but uh, just I know. to you I, know, I had the same thought there. But yep. in all honesty, like he could have won that too, but we'll, we'll get into that in a couple of minutes, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, great, uh, great uh, season finale. It, look, and it was, he, he, it's, it was not a fluke win. Like you mentioned, I mean, QFM was right behind him. LaGride was in third. Samuelson was in fourth. I mean, those, mm -hmm. those were, those were, I mean, he had, he had to beat the top guys to, to get the win. I mean, that was, nobody gave it to him. Um, mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, <laughs> I think he was holding about like a 15 or so second lead, uh, for most of the last lap. And then it seemed like <laughs> close to the end, QFM made a surge and I was like, oh my gosh, he, he's not going to, he's not going to clip him at the end. Is he? Yeah, uh, I know. That was, it was pretty incredible. Uh, um, yeah. I, I just, I, I didn't think that he could actually do it. That was, that was, that was just perfect. I knew it all the way. 
no it's uh it it's it's interesting though because a lot of retirement are retiring athletes so they know that you know the last ones are coming up a lot mm -hmm. of them that i've heard in either podcasts or read about or whatever a lot of them say you know once you know you're going to retire um you kind of have nothing to prove anymore because who cares you're not fighting for a spot in the in the in the yeah. group next year or yeah like you so so a lot of them mentioned that you can actually enjoy the races mm -hmm. oh, that's and, interesting. you know not that that's just a given for a win by any means but it just you know makes you more relaxed and yeah. maybe care just a little bit less about mm -hmm. failing so i mean it's just a just something i've noticed with with the numer a number of uh, retiring athletes that you know this is these are my last races i'm here to i'm going to enjoy every single moment of it and if I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. But yeah, it's just uh, that's some it, point in in the next couple of weeks. We're gonna do a bigger bit about the retirees. Yes. Um, yeah. But I, I and I will mention this again then. But I just want to mention it now. Um, in the first five weeks of the World Cup season, so that's through uh, uh, Oberhof, he had one top ten, hmm. uh, which was an eighth place. Since then. Uh, he has had only two races outside the top 10. One of those was in the Winter Olympics when he only raced the one time. He was 67th in the individual. The oh, next whoa, whoa, time whoa, was... Whoa, whoa. He did win the unofficial... Oh, he, he did. He did. <laughs> yes, I will not take that away from him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I am corrected. <laughs> and then and then in uh, Conti Alati, he was 12th in the sprint. Every right. other race since then, he has been in the top 10. His, I mean, since the Olympics, he's gone twelfth, second, seventh, fifth, fifth, first, fourth. Yeah, I, I mean, besides Quinton Chiume, I don't think anybody else has done it better. Yeah, I can think of, not for that extended period. No, no. that was just that was clearly he decided. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to retire, and and it was almost like he just was was a weight came off of him. Mm -hmm. He was flying. That was it. Was just a great, a great finish to his to his career, and you kind of wish that everybody could have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, not for Simonator, no. but uh, still a yeah. very respectable sixteenth place. Yeah, yeah. Just one miss. Yep. Well. Uh, Windish in forty third, but seven seven misses. So. It's uh, not uh, not the last yeah. pursuit he had in mind, but no, then, have it uh, all, I guess that he was in seventeenth. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's okay. Should we move on to the mass start? Let's do it. All right. What a day. Yeah. Uh, so the podcast is going to be another three hours from now. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you know the women's mass start. I mean, it was uh. Uh, this is just a, a just a wacky race. Um, this was the race that that Hauser uh, was was leading because uh, mm -hmm. there was the the lap where it was um, Lynn Pearson and Hauser and Elvira, and then Pearson and Elvira missed, so Hauser came out, and then she of course missed in the in the final shooting and, and right. got surpassed by Brazzai uh, uh, Boucher, who came from. Nowhere, nowhere. She was way off my off my screen. I wasn't even 
considering her as a possible winner, 39 seconds back after the third shooting and ends up winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was nuts. So, hey, congratulations to her. Uh, what a just a, a terrific race to 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 not give up. I mean, I mean, she was far enough back. I mean, she kept herself in it and kept fighting back and came away with not only a win but a a globe. <laughs> yeah, and that's that was also not on my radar for her. Nope. Because I I knew that she had won the Olympics, but of course that doesn't count. Uh, yeah, exactly. For the for the for points, so I I wasn't paying enough attention to realize that she still had a shot at it. So, um, points in second, another mm-hmm. great race for her. Yep. Uh, we talked about that. That she <sighs> seems to be in great form, although her sprint was awful, but uh, pursuit was better, and the mass start was really good. Yeah, I'm sure uh, she she wishes she had another uh, another couple weeks, but I, yeah. hopefully she uses this as a springboard for next season and yes, yeah, yeah. comes back strong. And then Roseland solid again, again. <laughs> not not a win, but uh, top yeah. three again. So, and again in front of or ahead of uh, Elvira. So uh, yeah, every race mission that was really the only thing her. she needed to do. Yeah. Yeah, and then we had a sprint of six women, I believe. Was it yes. six? One, two, three, four, uh, if five, I remember six, off the top of my head. Seven, even. Uh, Pearson, Elvira, uh, I believe Tangervold was there. Herman. Yes. And then Hauser and Hetty. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was the that was the whole group. And um, I think we all know by now that uh, Lynn Pearson beat Elvira by one-tenth of a second for mm-hmm. fourth place, and Elvira got fifth. And yeah. there was uh, quite a lot that uh, came out of that particular finish. And, and I don't know if you want to talk about it now or save it for later, but... Yeah, we can uh, save sparked, it for, for later. Sparked quite that. a discussion. Yeah. <laughs> um, you noted here, and I thought this was really interesting, um, the number of misses that everybody seemed to have. Yeah. Um, so it was it everybody in the top six had two misses. Yeah. And it and seemed to be in this permit. race that, yeah, the timing of the misses made all the difference mm-hmm. with, uh, uh, Rosé Boucher having them in the first two shootings and everybody else having one miss in the final shooting. So, that was just crazy. I know. Uh, yeah. How they were all. All missing, and I haven't checked the. Uh, I don't think it was all. Maybe not even any in the in the in the final shot of the last shooting. I'm not. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, so I actually have it pulled up. It was uh, Hauser and Tangervold both had misses in the very last shot. Oh, okay. Yep. Hmm. And then everybody else was somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it was only two. Just Hetich and uh, and Lotte Lee, who had mm-hmm. uh, zero misses. And the most was Stina Nielsen with eight. Mm. So and I was gonna just sorry uh, go back to the men's for a second. Did yes. you see after I believe it was the third shooting that Lesser was coming out <laughs> of the range and like pumping up the crowd? Yeah. <laughs> the just, the race. At first I saw it out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, why is there a man? I, I thought it was somebody <laughs> like a coach or something who was doing it and jumped accidentally onto the track. But then I'm like, oh my God, that can only be, could it only be one guy? Yeah, he's yeah. lost his mind. 
Oh, that was <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, yeah. And then and then did you see Bormolini at the end of the race? He stopped in the final stretch. Now he was way out of it. He was in twenty sixth place, but he stopped and bowed to the crowd in the just in the in the home stretch before continuing. I did on not to the see finish. it, but I do remember reading your tweet about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was. I just couldn't believe he just stopped and did it. But I guess you know you're in twenty sixth out of thirty at that point. Just have fun with that. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Uh, they were they were definitely enjoying the crowd. I mean, you wondered did any of them uh, get into the beer before the before the race? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, I, w- I won't go too much into details on other people's podcasts, but in the Doppelzimmer, Eric Lesser and uh, Arndt Pfeiffer were talking about how when they started that there were actually quite a quite some good parties where, you know, the, <laughs> it wouldn't stay with one beer. Oh, no. <laughs> and they were talking about some people always going back to uh, early to bed early because, oh, yeah, they were talking about it because uh, Tandrevold is now on the uh, Athletes Commission. Oh, <laughs> and apparently she said something that she's gonna try to bring back the parties. So they were kind of chatting about her. That she's they're like, yeah, it's great that she's on the, gonna organize the parties, <laughs> but she's the one who always went to bed at night nine o'clock, and then, and then the party still had to start. So yeah, it was just funny uh, to, uh, to hear two athletes chat about her. But uh, yeah, someday. Anyway, when, uh, yes. when when we have the the premier biathlon podcast, I would love to get a beer with those guys. Just to, yeah, yeah, uh, well, just to hear some of the stories. Yeah, that would be fun. Okay, so that were the races. No, what am I doing? We 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 jumped ahead to the we jumped ahead to yeah. the the men's mass start, and uh, we completely failed to mention who actually won the race. Yes, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we were so excited by the uh, the extracurriculars. Um, yeah, talking about uh, somebody kind of coming out of nowhere. I know. Um, uh, Bakken, with just speaking of also closing the season strong, um, he got his first career win. Yeah. Got to go head to head with uh, Lagreed or Lagreed. And um, no, he seemed to be the. Um, everybody had to beat him uh, this weekend, but uh, went head to head with him. And to be fair, he. Lagride had two penalty loops in his legs by the time they were coming down the final stretch, but just uh, yeah. beat and him out. He tried so hard, eh, Lagride. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. he was trying to ski away from him, and then he tried to yep. get in position for a final sprint, and he just couldn't bring it up anymore. And, and you know, Bakken was just stronger. And Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But Speaking just, also of, of winning a globe from nowhere, I, that was also not on that, my... Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, it, I, yeah. I did not have him on my radar. Yeah, I, I just didn't. I didn't consider him to be one of the contenders, and you know, in his, his first season, he walks away with a Crystal Globe. Mm-hmm. Way to go! And was it? Because uh, I think it was him, Fionnier, and was it Dull? Because Dull was mm-hmm. sick on the yes, and he missed Sunday, out, so he missed yeah. out. Um, yeah, because he beat Fionnier with four points. <laughs> Because I, oh, yes, because I was doing the math in my head, and Fiomae had those misses early in the race, and it looked like mm-hmm. a sure thing that he was out of it. But oh, it was Christensen as well. And, right. um, and then, and then Fiomae, he kept, he kept just moving up the, moving up the field the last two shootings. And I think he had to finish fifth, and he would have won it. But, um, yeah, or maybe no, sixth. I don't know. I can't do the math anymore. I knew it at the time. But, uh, <laughs> he, he almost pulled it off. Yeah. Yeah. And Jacques um, another yes, yeah, 
another one of his races where where it just uh I mean still had two misses, but he's right up there again. So that guy is just very hard to 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 know what's going on in that mind and, and mm-hmm. with his form and yeah. And I, I don't say this as a as a as a slight or as an insult of, of any way, but it might be a really good idea. He probably might be working with one anyway, but just get a, a like a, a mental health coach for over the summer. Yeah. Just to help get him in the in the right place. I know uh, we have a lot of athletes that, that work with him. So um Yeah, just, there's it seems like a lot of people are saying that he just sometimes blows up his energy in the first laps mm-hmm. just because he's kind of playing games with people or yeah. Well, he did it again in this lap, didn't he? Was it after the first shooting? He seemed to like jump to the front before he, he reined himself back in. Mm, yeah. Uh, we had a, there was a, a track team that I was involved with and there was a guy and he was a distance runner and he would do this all the time. Um, if anybody watches uh, long distance track, uh, congratulations to your patience, but you'll notice oftentimes that the first laps are just extremely slow and it looks like they're just jogging. And there was this one guy and for whatever reason, he decided he always wanted to push the pace. Um, and it never worked out for him because by the, you know, the last couple laps, like he just had, had burned up his energy. Yeah. Um, it was just very frustrating just sort of get under right back in. I mean, it worked out, but, um, I sort of feel that way with, uh, Jacqueline sometimes. Yeah. It's almost like he, he tries to, disturbed uh what do you call that the flow or something just for the sake of disturbing the flow yeah it just wants to be an instigator yeah but uh oh well this time it uh paid off for the third place so yeah just ahead of lesser just ahead of lesser they were uh kind of side by side until they had that final little climb Mm -hmm. that goes uh up behind uh the shooting range Yes. Yeah. And they then, were, and it then, seemed like they were together the entire way. And then, and then I think Jacqueline just had the legs and, and yeah. lesser than that. And he sort of slowed down to acknowledge the crowd. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Ader in 10th. Yeah. If that was indeed his last career race, then, uh, a top 10 to go out. Yeah. Kind of nice. And if it was just his last race of the season, then great. He got another top 10. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we've said it before, but uh, quite amazing to to still be contender in the top ten for for every race at that age, comparing to you know twenty year olds and uh, yeah, well, literal twenty year olds, right? Because yeah, wasn't that? Uh, well, I guess we we mentioned that uh, um, Jacomel was twenty one, and I mean there are there are actually guys that are twenty years younger than him. Yeah, so it's incredible. Yeah. No, this was another great race, and and as the final final of the season, so. we were yeah, we were we were lucky. We you know there every now and then you get a mass start or uh you know that that is just it's over you know mm-hmm. very early, and we were lucky we didn't see anything like that. Um, no. Uh, yeah, point five and, of a second at the finish. Yeah. Like, <laughs> doesn't get any closer than that. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had some great finishes. And Tarya Bow in 30th, eh? Seven misses. I, you know, yeah. he was sick a couple weeks ago, right? I, yeah. I, I wonder how much that affected him because he didn't look good last weekend either. No. Just never really recovered, maybe. Yeah. Well, but, you know, he went out there and raced. 
Yeah, no, for his, sure. With his brother in the stands. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, they had the celebration for the relay team and it seemed like there was only like two of them or three of them. I would have expected <laughs> yeah. if, if, you know, Johannes King's bow was in the stand, you pull them over. Bring them out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And I thought maybe they would celebrate everybody who had been a part of the relay. Um, mm-hmm. Including, you know, there was the, um, the one relay, correct? And, and on holds, or am I making that up? I don't remember. Or was it? There, I think there was one relay where it was sort of like the uh, Dali and it was like the sort of the, the B team race. Anyway, right, yeah. my, my memory is failing me. <laughs> yeah, I hoped it's not uh, Tariabo's last race. Uh, I haven't I haven't heard anything that suggests that it would be so. No, I, I yeah, no, I agree. I, that that would truly be a stunner um, if if he decided to call it quits. He seems to just have so much fun doing it, you know. Yeah, although. Um, he, he seems the type of guy who is also social or, or, uh, a good person enough to say, you know, there's so many young talent coming up, mm. I'll, I'll give up my spot. But again, I've, I haven't heard or read anything about him, uh, in relationship to retiring. So I'm definitely not saying he is, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, <laughs> Let's let's just assume he's going to be back next year. He'll be back. We'll he's think, only thirty three. Positive Come thoughts. On. Yeah. Yeah. Positive I mean, thought. Aider's still out there. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Come on back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shall we roll the dice? Let's roll the dice. All right. So we got fifteen, and uh, oh, we just talked about him, Seaman Aider. And Ton Revolt. Ader, our guy. He's almost, yes. he feels like, uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, he sort of feels like a, sort of our spiritual guide. I, I, I just, we talk about him a lot more than I think you might talk about uh, your average, you know, 15th yeah. in the overall standings. But um, I, he's just so much fun to watch, you know. Uh, but you were just, we were just saying that he's, what thirty nine? He's twenty years older than some of these guys, and he's just the antithesis of of some of the the athletes like uh, Johannes Tengnesbo and and you know Lagride, and and he doesn't have anywhere close to their their uh, ski speed anymore. But he goes out there and he shoots, and somehow at the end of the day, he still ends up with uh, a number of top ten finishes. And here he is at fifteenth overall. Yeah, and and. You know, obviously he has a lot of experience, so uh, I think it really helps him to to sort of balance out the race and um, build it up strongly, so that he has at least some energy in the tank at the end. I, you see that with Tariabo as well, mm-hmm. uh, so that's definitely a strength. And his prone shooting ninety five percent in the last couple of races. Goodness, but I mean, you know, he's he's always been such a good shooter, and he had that streak last year, and. Um, where I, I forgot the total number. Was it 89 hits in a row? It was, it was something like that. It was yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, and then still there with the faster shooters. Yeah. Yeah. So this year he had 13 total prone misses and a number more standing, but that's just a, a very small number. Yeah. Um, Three wins I, in his career. Three wins in his career. I was going to say that I would love to see a breakdown of his, uh, 
sort of his lap splits, he strikes me as a guy who is just very even, like sort of a metronome on the on the course. And I don't know if mm. that is borne out by the statistics at all, but um, just sort of he, he has his speed and knows where he can operate the best and goes out there and does it. Yeah, he must, like the way he races, he must be more one of those people just, just races his own race. Because mm-hmm. he knows exactly what he can and what he cannot do, right? Yep. Yeah. So uh, we've talked about that as if with Christensen, but no, Ader's got to be the 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 man at doing that. Mm-hmm. How did he do? I'm trying to pull up his results from this season, and my computer is just being slow. Yeah, he had. Let's see here. Shooting was a little less than last year, mm. but still, you know, pretty darn good. Total average of just under 90%. Yeah, his skiing speed hasn't really, I mean, it's obviously gone down, but he had more of a drop about five or six years ago, and then it's been <laughs> slowly declining, but not. it's not yeah. like a steep drop or anything. Yeah, hey, he's just found his pace. He's found what works for him. Yeah. Yeah, barring injury, I would, would imagine he's would be able to just kind of continue with this for a few more years anyway. Mm-hmm. He had uh, four top tens this year. Yeah, man. One of those in a sprint race. My God, how did he do that? By shooting clean, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on a windy day. That's yeah. uh, that's that's terrific. Um, I, like I, we've said it many times, I hope he comes back. He's just so much fun. Yes. And then uh, and then Tondervold. Sort of. Uh, I'm on. sorry. I'm, I'm still looking at the Olympics for uh, for Ader actually. Oh yeah, where he had a fourth and a sixth at the 2010 and 2014 Olympics in the individual, and a fourth and an eighth there in the pursuit, in the relay a second and a third, so bronze and silver. And then in Korea, he still had a fourth position in the relay as a best, and then in Beijing, seventh in the mass start. It's just so, incredible. Yeah. 39 years old, and he was seventh in the mass start. And in world championships, he has two silvers, both in the relay, and three bronzes, one in the individual, one in mass start, and another one in the relay. And he's done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve world championships. And I'm not even sure if this goes if this is all of his or if it just goes back only so far. Um, you know what's amazing, though, is you look at his his results. And last season, at age 38, was actually one of his most well-rounded world hmm. championships. You know, seventh in the individual, 16th in the sprint, ninth in the pursuit, fourth in the mass start. That's, uh, and then hmm. you got the silver in the mixed relay. That's just, and for uh, those of the listeners who have been around since pretty much the beginning of the 2000s, they should have seen it coming because he won the first place in the sprint in 2003 in the biathlon open European championships in the second place <laughs> in the pursuit. And in 2002, he won the individual in the biathlon junior world championships. It's hard to imagine Ader as a junior. Yes. I just, oh, I, I'm una- <laughs> <laughs> unable to, to get that mental picture. <laughs> that would be, that would be great to, to see if we could have a, a picture of that. But, uh, 
If yeah, anybody no. has one, uh, please send it to us. Otherwise, we're going to have to go do some research. <laughs> I have yeah, to see I'll it now. So, so, so much respect for the guy. Absolutely. Dude, yeah, absolutely. But sorry. Yeah, let's and, move on to... Uh, right, he won oh. the No, he won the silver bib this year. We can't can't take that from him. I thought it was Tari Bo. Oh, was it Tari Bo? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I didn't it. think he was old enough for it. I, I thought I saw it, a Is picture. it 33 and up? Yeah. You're probably yeah. right. Huh. I'm not sure. I, I, that's the knitted one, right? Yeah, it was a Taribo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Taribo. Oh well, then strike that. Yeah, he deserves it. Hate it. <laughs> the the silver bib of my heart. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh and and Tangerald, who is uh 14 years his junior, and still yes. feels like a veteran. Actually, starting to feel like it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like after after our last season and this season, I really started to feel like you know she was a sort of a, a veteran member of the of the Norwegian team. Mm-hmm. Been around for well, what four or five seasons now? Probably something like that. Yeah, she uh, didn't have the her, the greatest season. No, her shooting I... shooting better than the previous years. No, is that true? Yeah, her shooting actually wasn't too bad and her her skiing and race ranks were actually quite consistent but uh just not i don't know like i don't think she had a win this year did she no um i think her best finish was fifth Hmm. yeah it never felt like she was in contention yeah you know last year you know actually this is interesting i i'm looking at the um the the standings from the last two seasons and you know this season's a little bit. I mean, you can't compare apples to apples, right? She fin- because of the women who didn't compete the last few weeks, but uh, she finished fifteenth in the overall this year. And uh, last season she was eighth. You know, if you would have asked me, I would have thought that this season she was twenty fifth. I, hmm. I it just it just didn't seem like she was really involved in that many. I mean, she was in the races obviously, but just wasn't a a, a player in them. Right. I feel like I was always waiting for her to get going. But yeah, to to sort of get into the groove. Yeah. Um Of course she has has a lot of successes in the the mixed relays and the relays. Yeah. Uh and you know, she did quite well as the anchor leg that they won and um yeah, just on the individual basis it just wasn't wasn't going her way this year. No, and then and then obviously she had the health scare, and it just—I'm sure this is a year she's well, looking twice, at, right? Twice. Remember in the beginning of the I season, I, she I always forget that one. Yeah, and I don't know if they were the same same things, but uh, yeah, not a lot. Not a lot is known about the uh, what happened in the Olympics, really. No, but but there it, it kind of felt like oh well, it was just the elevation and the added yeah. pressure and then the tough conditions, yeah. but uh, I don't know, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, she finished out the season. And I, I, I still have really. I mean, she's only twenty five. I mean, I, I get the. Oh yeah. Just my general feeling is that she's been around for a little while, but twenty five. I mean, she's. I wouldn't expect her to be at her peak for another couple of years yet. So, um, you know, I still, I still feel like you know, there's there are greater things to come. And she, I don't know if this was this was this weekend or just the last couple of days. She posted on Instagram how. Um, you know, she is, she's ready to, you know, not that anyone thought she was going to retire, but she's ready to really focus on the next four years and the next Olympic cycle. And mm-hmm. she wants to make the 2026 Olympics, her Olympics. And, 
you know, sort of in the same way that, you know, uh, Marjorie Iceland had, you know, these were her Olympics. And, you yeah. Know, so, so she's clearly, she's gearing up for, for, you know, the, the build up for the next four years and she'll be 29. I mean, that's sort of the perfect age for reaching a peak. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we, we mentioned her in, in previous podcasts too, as one of the, um, what do you call it? Sort of the leaders of the Norwegian women's team, right? If yeah. if at if we get to a point where Rosalind and, and Ekhoff are retiring mm-hmm. at some point, um, she could be because she's quite a bit younger still, so she could be yeah. one of the leaders on the team. So she certainly would be. Yeah, yeah. Ah, it's amazing. She's younger than uh, um, uh, Fem Steinebeck, who we mentioned earlier. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah. Like I said, I I have very high hopes for her and and i i really think that next year we're going to see a a different uh tangible you know I, there was some talk i think that she talked about coming into the season maybe a little bit overtrained, um which might have resulted in her having a slower start to the season mm. but, um yeah. like yeah. you said it never never really came into the groove though yeah never really found no. never really found the yeah never really found her stride yeah so i think i know the answer to this question but uh, let's see if she made it into your power rankings. Uh-huh. Yodley. The power rankings. What a, what a, a tease. Coming I know. A real professional here. <laughs> so uh, I think, you know, our, our usual listeners will know the power rankings by now. They're generally, uh, if there was going to be a race this weekend, which... Sadly, there's not, um, you know, who would I expect, um, you know, would be, who would be my favorite, who would be my second favorite and, and so on and so forth. And, um, and, uh, so it doesn't really correct for, you know, type of race. This is just theoretical. So, uh, just something to have some fun with. And, uh, since we were just talking about tangible, I will, I will start with the women. Um, and I will run through the, the top 10 and then I guess we can talk about a, a couple that maybe that stood out or maybe that, that, uh, are kind of hard to gauge. So, uh, yep. the top 10, uh, Marta Roisland reclaiming her spot. She was briefly bumped off by Elvira. So, but, uh, Roisland after, you know, three, <laughs> no wins, but three very consistent finishes right at the very top. She, mm-hmm. she goes back to the top spot for me. Um, and she holds onto the top spot over Ekhoff just because of her body of work this season. And, and, uh, you know, between the two of them, I think you mentioned, um, you know, Ekhoff, you know, you sort of have that feeling in, in your gut, you know, when she gets to the, the shooting range, is she going to, she going to be able to shoot clean or is she going to have a mess? And so that's why Royceland held on to the top spot for me, Ekhoff coming in second, Elvira, uh, a little bit more of a, it was sort of an off weekend, but still a very good weekend. She you know, came in fourth in the mass start and just missed out on a, on another podium finish. Uh, and, and, uh, Denise Herman, uh, holding on to, uh, you know, a, a top position there in fourth place points are moving up from seventh to fifth, uh, Vanessa Vogt, uh, moved down just a, a touch in sixth place, Justine, uh, Rosé Boucher, uh, in, in seventh, who I still don't know what to do with, um, <laughs> and Chevalier Boucher as well <laughs> in, in eighth, Hannah Ebergen and ninth and Ingrid Tangervold in 10th. So she, yes, she made it barely. Good. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I, I, I struggled this weekend, especially once yeah. you get past the top four. 
uh, maybe yeah. the top five, you know, Porta, I think, you know, being, being in the fifth, I think she, she has sort of earned that spot at this point. But after that, I really struggled to try to come up with any good reason or, or to have anybody in any particular order. Yeah, I can imagine that. I, and and I, on the one hand, I can't really say that I have anybody that comes to mind right away that should be in there. Um, probably for the same reason, but, uh, yeah, yeah, there was no. nobody that um, you know. I that that I you know. I think if I had to do it again, that that top ten would wouldn't be still my top ten. Uh, I might be able to argue that um, Rosé Boucher should move up to the sixth spot, but sixth for seventh. I mean, it's not that big of a no, no, big of a difference really. No. Um, and and just and uh, and Otapa, uh, uh Vanessa Bach had a really good weekend, so I you know I had a hard time. Being yeah, she, she had some unusual shooting this weekend. Hey? She did. It was strange. I don't know what's going yeah. on. Maybe it was just the emotions of of everything that came, you know, the previous yeah. two weekends and end of season. End yeah. of season. There's a lot. Yeah. How about the men? And the men, uh, men not quite as exciting. I don't think. Uh, you know, with uh, Quinton Fiume, uh pretty clearly uh, uh, still holding on to his number one spot. Again, uh, no wins this weekend, but it felt, felt like he was right there every single race um except for the you know except for the mass start but uh Legride, uh i had him moving up to second just on the the backs of uh this this race or this this weekend um he just looked really strong um i mean i he he had a couple of untimely misses that bumped him down but he was the the sprint race was was dominant and eric Lacer, i mean we went over his his remarkable consistency the last uh five six weeks of the season um and I think those top three have sort of separated themselves a little bit in my mind. Um, I guess the season's over, so that that's it. There's no more separation. But <laughs> um, and then uh, fourth, I had uh, Christensen, who still has been has been very good this entire season. This weekend was just maybe not uh, not his best. Um, Bakken, I had in fifth, just for lack of a better option, and and the fact that he has really come on strong and finished the season with a with the win. And then my my bottom five, uh, Samuel Sandol, Jacqueline, Postelum, and uh, I really struggled to find a, a tenth. So I actually went with uh, uh, Philip Field Anderson. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I would hear arguments for five or six guys to be in that spot, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I, I, for me, I would actually put Legride on, on the first spot. Just how how close he was uh in the races this weekend mm-hmm. i would almost bet on him to win the next race whatever that would be but i mean you can't it's hard to argue with uh feel my a2 so yeah no I, I i went back and forth actually battling between uh qfm and Legride for for the top spot i i went with qfm just because of his remarkable consistency um yeah over the since the Olympics, he has had one finish outside the top two, which is ridiculous. Wow. Um, yeah. So, but but Legride, you know, every weekend and and it sort of feels like there's a strong man uh, that that if you're going to win, you have to get past him. Um, and uh, Legride was sort of that person for this weekend. I felt like, um, you know, obviously the sprint race he was really good, and and uh, you almost had to hope that he was going to beat himself um, if you wanted to if you wanted to win. Um, nice. Yeah, and I just I think he's also he he's already so strong now in uh, in the past weekend, and I just felt like he was still improving compared to the previous week. 
That's so I, a, I, that's why I would say, you know, if there really was another race next week, then that's a fair point. Yes. I completely but, agree. I mean, yeah. Between the two, uh, it, it's, you could yeah. easily see it between the two. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, right. uh, it's, it's hard to, hard to argue too much because, uh, it's the end of the season. We don't even yeah, get to see it play out. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so it's sort of, uh, it'll freeze here and we'll, it'll, uh, I guess we'll see what, what, uh, what we see, uh, maybe I'll move it around a little bit based on uh, retirements. Why not? You know, Lacer obviously is not going to be an option for right. next season, and and then we'll have be, to add uh, some guys back in. Interesting to see this list uh, after the first race weekend of the next season. Oh, it'll be <laughs> dramatically different. Oh, well, maybe yeah, it won't. for sure. Yeah. Maybe it well, won't. Maybe yeah. uh, maybe Bakken is going to have a, a great. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, but, or he's uh, back in the IBU. Or yeah, like horse like in the IBU. last year. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So another uh, nice link there. Oh uh, my gosh, we're getting good at this. Move to our under the radar athlete. Yodely. Under the radar. An athlete that's really well described by under the radar is Sievert Gutorn Bucken. Um, because like you said, we both didn't really see him coming in the uh, the mass start or the fact that he was actually still um, fighting for the globe in the mass start. Um, and just because he's always under the radar because he happens to be racing for a nation where he has potentially five or six other athletes in front of him, depending mm-hmm. on, on form and... Um, you know, we have the Bow Brothers, we have LeBright, then there's Dale, who was in the IBU Cup this year, but, you know, could potentially be in front of Bakken if he mm-hmm. uh, shows his form at the start of the next season. Um, we have the Anderson Brothers, who, you know, are still improving. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm still missing. Some- oh, Christensen. Yes. Yeah. So... You know that's quite the uh, competition to have just within your nation. But uh, if you look at his his World Cup races, um, it's been you know solid from the start of the season till just before midway, and after that, it's just been going upwards in in mm-hmm. ski rank and shooting rank and race rank. And um, you know he he finishes it off with uh, with his first win. Mm-hmm. On the last race of the season, so I mean it's. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I. At twenty three years old, eh? Is just twenty three. Um, I remember seeing him back at the start of the season, and and I think he had was it, yeah he had two top tens in the first two races, and I was like, what? Who is this guy? You know, yeah. <laughs> like what? What is happening? <laughs> um, and then then he sort of had what I thought was going to be a more, you know, traditional rookie season. You know, with uh, you mentioned his his more solid finishes but no he has been on a dramatic uh you know uh rise the since really since anholtz or anholtz so he's gone fifth fourth seventh thirteenth through third sixteenth seventh first I and mean, that's uh just two finishes outside the top 10 i mean he he sort of established himself as you know one of the top five to seven guys out there for over yeah. the last uh the last you know month of the season so um I, and, and really, I, in my mind, sort of came out of nowhere. And, and over these last, this last month, it felt like every week I was expecting him to kind of fall backwards, and he never really did. Um, like he had the the sixteenth in the sprint this weekend, and I thought, oh, well, you know, maybe 
just uh, just finally hit the wall a little bit. But then, of course, he goes seventh in the pursuit and wins the Mass Start and wins yeah. the Mass Start Globe. And I just uh, I I can't say enough good things about him. I mean, like all the Norwegians, he's he's pretty quick and um, he shoots well. He sort of looks like a like a. This is going to sound crazy. He's like a young Lagride, but Lagride isn't old. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, and it, I must admit, like if you would have asked me. Uh, you know, halfway through the season, naming the actual A team of the Norwegians. I'm not even sure. Like, I knew Backen was racing races. Yeah. But I wasn't even sure if he was still going back and forth between IBU and World Cup or if he was on the World, oh, yeah. World Cup full time. Yeah. I just sort of and, lost track of him in the middle of the season. Yeah. So, I mean, as an under the radar, I think it's a, a prime example. But um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you just, know, and I mean, and, we have to keep in mind that not all athletes are are racing right now, so he yes. probably benefits from that a little bit. But at the same time, like, um, I I have a hard time see, clearly seeing somebody beating him of those people on this weekend, for example. Yeah, uh, just look at what he did in that very last race. Right, he he was twenty for twenty. <laughs> right? Yeah. Did he have a miss? Yeah, twenty for twenty. I mean, strategy was good too. Like you just stuck behind, uh, like yeah. right, and saved it up let for him, the, let him play for the finish. Yeah, yeah. it was. So. It was. Yeah, he, he didn't get too excited. You know, I, I look twenty three year old me. I would have been like, all right, let's do this. Let's go win. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he just uh, he tucked in there and 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 let Lagride pull him for you know almost until the finish. <laughs> they just moved uh, moved to the side and went for the win. Yeah. yeah yeah i it's we're gonna it's hard to imagine that we won't see more of him but i keep thinking of dale last year i know yes and in the beginning of this year where he i think he did a couple races and then he just yeah, yeah. well so. the, the interesting thing is i Dali, he didn't have a bad ibu cup season but it seemed like he never really got another chance no and i don't know if if there's anything you know who knows sure. what's going on, like injury yeah. or family issues, or who knows? We don't know, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just uh, it just also yeah. shows you that that you you don't have many you don't have a lot of room for failure in the Norwegian team because there's like three no. or four people to wait dying to take over your spot, right? So yeah, um, no, I, I I had this pegged for a general topic. Uh, we can do it now if you would like. Sure. I had uh, made up a list of all of the uh, men who had raced, and this might not be comprehensive, I might have missed somebody, but who had raced for the Norwegian team on the World Cup level. Um, and their ages, and so you've got Taribo, who's like by far the old man at 33. Um, and then, uh, which is crazy to me, that he's the oldest. Um, Christensen is 29, JT Bo is 28, Lagride 25, Dolly 24, the older Anderson brother is 24. Um, Sverdalen, I'm going to butcher his last name, Aspenes? Sure, yeah. 24. Yeah. Uh, Bakken, 23. Younger Anderson brother, 23, 22. And Uldal is, is 20. And so, I mean, what is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 guys. And 7 of them are 25 or younger. That's I, mean, I just, I just, I, I have a hard time even fathoming that. And yeah. then we talked about the other week, the, uh, the Norwegian junior team 
won like half the medals at the the junior world championships. Yeah, it's just scary for all the other nations. Yeah, they really just they need some of these guys need to move. We yeah. follow uh, uh, Lotte Lee and go to Belgium, create the the, <laughs> yeah. the Belgian national team. Yeah. Oh man. Well, they must. I I don't know. Like I I can't assume anything, but there must be athletes that that are desperate. Like if you happen to have an uncle in wherever and you can, mm-hmm. you could figure it out to get a double passport or something there. Yeah. Get over to Finland. Yeah. Um, yeah. I so just, I'm, I, I'm I, looking back at Bakken yeah. to his, uh, at his junior races. So he did youth or junior races between February, 2016 and March, 2019. Mm-hmm. Second, first, 13, third, 6, 22, 73, 3rd, 3rd, 4th, 1st, 2nd. So there must have been a lot of people in Norway that already are like, yeah, yeah, what do you think? We saw this coming, man. Yeah. Well, for those of us uh, across the pond, you know. (laughs) Yeah, we're a little further away. Yeah. But anyway, I I hope he he can, you know, get more, more spotlight. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. Based on what we've seen this year, and and if he can continue that uh, progress, then then he deserves it. Did he finish in the top ten of the overall? Um, I can quickly look that up. He did nine. number nine in front of Eric Lesser, Johannes Kuhn, in front of Johannes Dinges Bow. But I mean, that's yeah, uh, he did race. Yeah, took took a little time off. Yeah, but no ninth spot. So, yeah, he's right up there. Do you have anything else you want to say about? No, I think we can can move on to the up and coming. Up and coming. Up and coming athletes. So, for our up and coming athletes, we're looking at the German. 25-year-old David Zobel, and he has raced 12 World Cup level races so far. And very um, up and coming, very, yes. yeah, very up and coming. He uh, he was actually a good junior already uh, between mm-hmm. 2015 and 2017. He had uh, one gold, two silvers, no, three silvers and two bronzes over that time period. Um, IBU Cup, he was a little less successful. He did have two wins and a second place. But uh, yeah, this this year and last year, he uh, did some races on the World Cup. And I think this year, he really uh, started seeing some success with a couple of top tens. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, two top tens, two, two 11 spots. So total hit rate of 85%. Yeah, I, I think so when he left the IBU Cup about midway, I think he was one of the, the top couple of guys on the, the IBU Cup standings. And he was sort of called up to the, the World Cup team. And what about uh, the early part of the, uh, the 2022? And mm-hmm. never really went Group back. Point. Yeah. He, he's stuck, um, and he's just slowly been climbing his way up. You know, these these last finishes, he had a couple of 11th, 11th, and 8th. Um, mm-hmm. 
Well, good timing too, knowing that uh, Eric Lesser is retiring. That's exactly what I was thinking. So, yeah. so uh, with with uh, the obvious opening on the the German team, you know, at the top level, I think this is one of those guys that hopefully we're going to be seeing some more of. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think undoubtedly we'll be seeing some more of him. But, but I mean, I, hopefully we're going to be seeing some more of him at the the top of the races. Yeah, yeah, and I, um, you know. There's been a lot of discussion about the the depth and the strength of the German team, but I think with uh, you know they still have Dahl, who's probably the the veteran of the team, and then Roman Rees is you know uh, relatively young. Mm -hmm. Narroth is a little bit older, I believe, too. But uh, you know, it still could be could be strong team, especially if uh, Zobel can can keep developing. And progressing. Yeah, I mean, so, really, if he can, if he can. The standing percent really his bugaboo, right? So you know, eighty-two percent. Um, mm -hmm. If he can improve that just a touch and get a little bit faster, I think he'll have some uh, some more opportunities. Um, you can see his his he's he's gotten better the last couple of years um, as far as his shooting goes. So I'm optimistic that he'll keep moving in that direction. But um, yeah, yeah, like keep our fingers crossed and and keep an eye on him. Um, and you mentioned just the 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 Germans have you know do they still have some guys there who can who can really do well. We saw it this weekend, right? Because we mentioned in the was it the sprint race with all of the 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 top tens. Uh, right. It seems that the, was it five guys in the top eleven. Yeah, and then yeah, I forgot to mention uh, Johannes Kuhn. But uh, yeah, so they have they have Benedict Dole thirty one, Kuhn thirty, and then they have Roman Rees who's twenty nine, so a bit older than I thought, and Nara twenty nine. So I mean, there's definitely room for some some young fresh blood to uh, to not go in there and have super high expectations right away with these these other guys still around and and uh, still able to to perform well. So um, I think he you know next year could be a good uh, year for him to uh, to not have too much expectation and and still learn and grow and then do uh, do well in the upcoming seasons after that. Absolutely, and, and you know it's funny to think about him being twenty-five and Tangerville also being twenty-five, and mm -hmm. I think of Tangerville being a veteran and and uh, so him, him being an, an up-and-comer. But um, it's all a matter of sort of when you get your opportunities and taking advantage of them. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, he can. Yes. Shall we move on to the general topic? Yeah, let's do I it. I know you want to talk about it, so I do want to talk about it. <laughs> Lots of thoughts. Right. The general topic. All right. So uh, I guess you know. Let's let's jump right into it. Let's let's the 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 sort of the big thing that happened was uh, that everybody was talking about on Sunday was the uh, the Lynn Pearson and Elvira Oiberg the the final sprints and and uh, Lynn Pearson quote unquote stealing the the mass start. Crystal Globe from Elvira. Um, so we actually, you know, before we we jump into it too much, um, initially just to give some backgrounds, I you know initially, well, I even give more background, right? So so during the race, you know, I think most of us were focusing on Elvira versus Vera for the mass start Crystal Globe, and then with the last shooting with the uh, the misses and Justine Brazé Boucher jumping forward. Um, you know, it sort of threw a wrench into everything. 
And so there were some last minute calculations and I will say that even here sitting on the couch, it was hard to know exactly who was going to win uh, the Crystal Globe, but it turns out that uh, by Lynn Pearson beating Elvira by 0.1 seconds uh, to bump Elvira to fourth place, that it ended up um, with uh, Brazé Boucher winning the the Master Crystal Globe uh, for the season. Um, and so initially, you know, there was a lot of um, consternation about, you know, why would she do that? And then I, Pearson didn't help herself too much in her interview. Um, uh, the the quote that really got pulled from there was maybe taken a little bit out of context, and I will admit that I probably did some of that too. But uh, she said something about how she and Elvira are you know teammates, but they're still competitors on the course. And um, a lot of people took that to mean that she knew the situation of what the points were. Um, and she knew that by finishing in third, that she would bump Elvira out of the top spot for the Mass Star Globe. She clarified that later in a uh, in a comment on a post on Instagram. She was responding to somebody else who had said some not very nice things about her, and she in a in a fairly lengthy post actually uh, just just said how you know um, it, she actually did not know the exact score and didn't know that by finishing in, in third place that she would. Um, she would uh, bump Elvira down to second place in the the Master Crystal Globe score, and um, you know uh, that that at the time she thought that because Vera was you know like the rest of us because Vera had had moved backwards and was was sort of out of the race that um, Elvira had the Crystal Globe sort of wrapped up and it was uh, sort of a friendly competition with her and she was hoping to beat her because you know who wouldn't want to beat you know one of the best so. Um, and that's kind of where things stand now. So um, I don't know if you had any initial thoughts about it, but it, it sort of led to a pretty lengthy conversation on Twitter that took on sort of a life of its own over the last couple of days. Yeah, I mean, I think from the battle, I I don't know. I just felt like um, even if Lynn Person had known, mm -hmm. I feel, A, that you can still not blame her for skiing her hard out in the last couple hundred meters and mm -hmm. trying to get a best performance for herself. Um, I don't think that there is the expectation to, to consider something like that. Um, and on top of that, considering that there was a group of six athletes basically fighting for the fourth position. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we, we've, tweeted back and forth and we showed each other pictures and stuff <laughs> like I'm totally it's like, like the I, Zapruder film <laughs> but I mean I yeah person knows that Oberg is in the same group and yeah. but there's also four other ones so I think if person would have thought okay I want Oberg to be or Elvira to be in front of me you're basically yeah. giving up those other four spots as well and she yeah. goes from a fourth spot in the final race of the season to eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah. And I personally don't think that's fair that people blame her for doing that. Cause yeah, you can say, well, she shouldn't have stretched out her leg. I, at the, right at the finish line. I don't, I don't believe that. Like, yes, I, I think they know that somebody is next to them, but when yeah. you go in all out for that last sprint, yeah, even if you can see out of the corner of your eye that somebody in a yellow suit is next to you. Yeah. Like it's not going to come in your mind. Oh, you know what? 
even though I've practiced like for the last 10 years to <laughs> at every sprint, stretch my leg at the More right time, that, right? I mean, all of a sudden I'm not going to do that. So, yeah. you know, it, it sucks for Elvira, but I'm, and I said this on Twitter too, I'm harsh about it, but if Elvira wanted to win, she sh should have just skied a little, a little bit faster. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, there was some comparison drawn to, to, uh, to last year with the, the Bow brothers and, and, yeah. uh, Taria being able to win the, the individual globe. And I, I'm convinced that if there was a situation where, you know, Oberg was in fourth in a position to to win the mass start and Lynn Pershing was behind her and the coaches said, you know, a kilometer, uh, sorry, a kilometer before the end of the race said, mm -hmm. oh, just stay behind her because she's going to win the globe and otherwise she's going to lose it. Mm -hmm. I'm personally, I cannot imagine that person would have said, screw that, I'm going to pass her anyway. Yeah, yeah. But that was just a completely different situation and i don't know i like i said i just find it very harsh on lynn person and i think you know yeah had she been in a position to notice exactly in the last 20 meters of the race i'm sure she would have liked to hold her leg back but i just don't think that's reasonable to expect that and and again in the end like we've seen amazing racing and finishing from oberg mm -hmm. to me the positive i'll take out of this is that Hopefully, Elvira thinks this will never happen to me again, and I'm going to come back even faster next year. Absolutely. Um, yeah. No. So, I, 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 yeah. No, I agree with actually a lot, a lot more of what you're saying than, <laughs> than it might sound like with what I'm about to say. But um, I, I actually agree that that Elvira didn't lose the globe in the last 50 meters. She lost it you know, several other times in the race, right? I mean, mm -hmm. she had two misses, right? I mean, what she really needed to go into with the mindset was that, you know, I got to win the race to win the globe, um, you know, and, and close all doubt. And, and obviously she did have two misses. So, you know, if she would have had one fewer miss, she would have won it. Um, if she would have opened up a lead somewhere else, you know, in the race, then then maybe she would have won it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and she just didn't have it. And that's, you know, sometimes you just, you aren't able to, you know, have that extra burst and 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 i think that it's sort of I, a part of me realized most of the way through the you know through the day on sunday that i <laughs> we we had a long we the conversation was revolving around lvr losing the crystal globe and not as much about brazil winning the the globe and that's really what she did i mean she went out there and won it but um well that's I, the other thing right like yeah brazil boucher and oberg had, yeah. had the same amount of misses yeah Brzeboucher was just almost 14 seconds seconds faster in this race. Yeah. And yeah. if if any other person that was not Swedish would have been in fourth, this would have not been an issue. We nope. we would have seen probably a very similar frustration by Elvira, just knowing that if she I was, was that close. one tenth or two tenths faster, yeah. I would have won it. Yeah. But nobody would be talking about you know, let's say Hauser was in fourth that Hauser should no. have held back, or, right? Or Tangible, who is right there yeah. as well. I mean, there you can see her coming up on the outside. I mean, it could have been, it very easily could have been her and, and you know, right. getting that so, fourth place. Just just for that matter, I just, yeah, I, I, I almost find it a bit of a non-issue, to be very honest. Yeah. Like, it's, they're all professional athletes, especially in countries yeah. like Sweden, where they can, you know, at least make a decent amount of money with it. Mm -hmm. And they're all trying to make sure they're on the team next year, that they're all getting their sponsorships for the mm -hmm. next season. And the better you do, the bigger the chance you get that. So I, I, and I, I don't know Elvira Oberg 
Um, I don't know what she thinks, but my guess is that, you know, after going through the first frustrations and uh, emotions, I'm sure, I, I cannot imagine that she would still hold a grudge against Person for, for what happened. Yeah, I don't think so either. It I was unfortunate. The, the timing makes it really painful, but yeah. like I said, it could have been somebody else, and then it's just, oh, bloody hell, just one-tenth of a second. Yeah, yeah. Done, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah, I would say I just just to just to put a bow on it from from my perspective, I think that uh, I, I think that it's hard. I mean, we were having a hard enough time time to calculate out the points mm -hmm. sitting on the couch. Uh, you know, if if let's say if the coaches were able to calculate it out, it would even be hard to get that information out to the athletes to even know what the points were and what place they needed to finish in. And I, I you know, I. I you know, I, just to expect them to know exactly what the situation was on the spot. Like, I, I don't, I had, I think that there's no way that Lynn person knew <laughs> she, there's no way she knew. And, and, and like you said, even if she did, I, I don't think it's wrong for her to race all out. I mean, this is what she's been yeah, trained to do. This is honestly, I mean, quite honestly, this is what she's paid to do <laughs> yeah. to, to race all out. So um, the only thing that I would ever be concerned about is, is just making sure that everybody is, okay because they're all young and they're going to be on the same team for a long time and make sure there aren't any harsh feelings whether they're justified or not um yeah you know that that's the only thing i'd be concerned about i you know i i knowing is i, I obviously we don't know elvira weberg but just from having watched her this year i agree with what you said i think she'll probably be fine with it i think that her takeaway is probably going to be like you said i'm never letting that happen again um right so, so i think they'll be fine. stronger yeah yeah I, that's my only concern is just that justified or not there may be some harsh feelings and um just seen on teams that sometimes it's even not the two people who are involved it's you know like um you know for example and, and this is completely uh, this time in speculation i'm just using an example um uh, but say like hannah was upset that with with lynn that you know she'd cost her sister a crystal globe and then you know carries a grudge into next season that even elvira isn't even carrying you know something stupid like that that's that's the only thing and yeah i don't think that this is anybody's fault i just you know just one of those situations where that that could happen and you really don't want it to happen with such a young talented team no and i think that's also where the coaching needs to play a role and, yes and, you know basically yeah. pull the, the involved players in and and just and talk about it and, and get it out of their system and move on and yeah. you know if anything and and we don't know they might have might as well have said something but in this case it was like okay if i think if veer would have won then we would have won the the globe right yep yeah um but you know you could also argue that they should have gone out before the race with the knowledge that if breza boucher wins everybody yeah. on the swedish team let elvira go first you know if you're yeah. if, if you're if, close yeah. to elvira let her go let her go before you i we don't yeah. know if that was said or not um, yeah but yeah in the end i i and it comes and down to they're all racing for the best spot they can do and they are elvira and then also Oh, I was going to say one last point on just just backing up Lynn Person as just a good teammate and a good person, right? So there was that lap where it was Pearson and and uh, and Elvira and Hauser, and Pearson led like seventy percent or eighty percent of the lap, mm. letting Elvira kind of rest in the back and save her legs a little bit, which was, yeah. um, you know, it, that could have just been Lynn Pearson saying, "I feel good and I want to set the pace," but at the time I was watching it, it felt like. Hey, I'm gonna pull for you and and let you rest your legs a little bit because I think you have a better chance of winning today. I, you right. know, yeah, we don't uh, maybe know. I'm misreading yeah. the situation, but I, I think that was just a good team, a good sportsmanship, good team, uh, 
good teammate move. Mm-hmm. And, and anyway, I, I think I think they'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Shall we uh, go to the stat of the week? Yeah, let's do it. The stat of the week. Okay. So I finally, in the la- was it end of last week, or I'm not even sure when I sent it out. Um, but I did send out two dashboards, uh, one based on the youth and junior data of the last five seasons, and the other one of the uh, IBU Cup uh, last five seasons. And I have to let people know that I did remove all the sprint qualification and sprint final. No, not all of them. All the races that use spares, I've taken those out of the data set. Um, There was one in the youth and junior uh, races, and there were, I think, four in the uh, IBU Cup. Um, I think for pretty obvious reasons that, uh, you know, that just is not a fair comparison when you have a spare uh, spare Mm -hmm. shot there. Um, so the dashboards are showing nations averages, but I wanted to focus on some athlete averages. So that's the, uh, fifth tab for the youth and junior analysis. And it's probably good to mention that there are tabs at the top of the, the dashboards because a lot of people, uh, never seem to see that. And then what we can basically do is, uh, use some filters on the right-hand side. So in this case, um, what I'm talking about is the athletes last season. So in this case, I only selected 21, 22, because I wanted to see what athletes are kind of up and coming from the youth and junior analysis that raced this season at that level. Um, and I set the minimum number of races per athlete at five, because I, I think if it's based on less than that, it, it really, uh, you know, becomes a bit tricky to to know how how well of a representation for that athlete that is but of course you can uh, change that in your in your own workbook and then i sorted by the uh, course time back from field average um, so basically how fast are they compared to the to the field and i sorted that um, so that the fastest racers would be at the top and then I can also look at their total percentage and the shooting time back from the field average and what we'll see there is that Martin Nevland of Norway um, is for these selections the fastest skier and has a shooting percentage average of uh, 87 and a half percent and if I look at some other um, Strong athletes, I'm seeing um, Sarah Scatolo from Italy um, with 80 or sorry, 78% shooting percentage. And then when we want to look at some athletes that are a little bit higher in the shooting, uh, we have Selina Grossian from Germany uh, with 86.3%. And on the men's side or boys' side, Denise. Erodov from Russia at 85.4%. So it's a good way to uh, to see how how these young athletes did on the uh, the youth and junior events and uh, maybe to pick out some athletes that uh, that do both do do well both in the uh, course time back and the total percentage 
And we've talked a little bit about Martin Uldal from Norway. Mm -hmm. He is uh, on average 115 seconds back in course time from the field average, so faster than the field, and has a shooting percentage of 82.3%. And his shooting time is just over six seconds faster than the field average. So just looking at that, it gives you an idea of, um, yeah, there's there's definitely potential in a, in an athlete with those numbers. Mm -hmm. Yes, I don't this know if you a, had a chance to play with it at all, Jordan. But um, oh, I certainly did. Yeah, um, and uh, I mean, first of all, it's just a it's a massive, a massive quantity of data. I don't know how you have time to do this and have a family and you know have a real job. <laughs> you know, uh, so you know, thank you for 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 going through all of it, but. Um, you know, uh, you mentioned Ulda. Um, um, yes, as uh, one of the guys that you know that that you you pulled out there, um, and I am. It's fun to be able to see all. I'll just say it this way: It's fun to be able to see what we're seeing on the World Cup level and say, "Well, you know, maybe we should have been too surprised that you know he was able to to have a good race just because he's already showing such strong potential." Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I must admit, I don't know the exact age ranges for youth and junior. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, it's obviously why. pretty young. I want to say it's 21 and under, but I don't know. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then maybe the 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 younger level is um, maybe 18 and under. But yeah, I would have to look that up. But um, Yeah, it's just, you know, it's a fun way to to just look at athletes. And I'm also seeing, for example, uh, Alex Sijar from uh, Slovenia, mm -hmm. um, 110 seconds faster than average, or sorry, than the field, and a shooting percentage of uh, 87.5, so, and shooting quite fast as well. So it's just a nice way to, to pick out some athletes to keep an eye on and see what, how they do uh, when they move to the IBU level. Or sorry, yeah. IBU Cup level, and um, I'll chat a little bit about that dashboard as well. Um, I won't go into as much detail. I think the only thing I would uh, consider here too is that, of course, the IBU Cup is a mixture of young athletes coming up from youth and junior, as well as athletes that are not quite ready to retire but are just mm -hmm. not good enough for the World Cup. Or, you know, somebody like Dale, who was in the top five in the World Cup last year and this year had to go to the IBU Cup just because of the, the level of competition within the Norwegian team. So um, I'm working on adding a column with the age of these racers, but uh, the way the IBU data is set up, it's a little complicated to just add that uh, easily, but uh, that would definitely be a, an interesting factor to add that. And uh, the scary part on the uh, on the IBU Cup analysis under the athletes averages tab is if you and I looked at only uh, athletes that had at least ten races in their last season for 2021, and if I sort that by the course time back from field average, um, let me see one, two, three, four, five, six. The top six are all Norwegians. Then there's a Russian, then a Norwegian, then a Russian, then a Norwegian. So. Um, we have quite a bit of athletes in the IBU Cup level that are at least very competitive on the skis, not completely surprisingly. Um, the one of those Norwegians with the best shooting percentages are Philip Fjeld Andersen. Um, 
and we've already seen them on the World Cup as well. But um, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's I really uh, encourage people to to play around with it and uh, and see if there's some athletes sticking out for them. And um, I hope it's uh, a fun way for people to get more familiar with these athletes. Uh, I yeah. So actually, what I was going to say is I spent a lot more time playing with the IBU Cup. Uh, just and I'll be honest, it's because I recognize a lot of those names better. Um, so just having fun there. But um, what's fun is actually if you I'm actually right now sitting on the on the the youth and juniors just to scroll through here and <laughs> you look at you know some of the 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 name I have it um, sorted out by course time back from from the field. And, um, you know, there's so many names on here that, that people are going to recognize. And it's fun then to be able to see those as markers to compare to other names. You know, you look at, because you can see what season, um, you know, was the most recent one that they've been competing on. And, and for something like with uh, the youth and junior, where there's sort of a, an age limit, right? So these mm -hmm. after, uh, you know, you know how old they, old they are based on whatever their last season was that they were competing there pretty much. Right. And, you know, so you can get sort of a marker for, you know, for example, um, you know, Davidova, uh, you know, is, is, looks very good. And, <laughs> you know, her shooting doesn't look as, as good as you would expect now, but very fast. Or um, you can see, you know, Philip Field Anderson is actually, you know, if you sort by um, course time back from field average is actually sitting right next to on uh, uh, Saeed Khalili, who um, is, of course, you know, on the, you know, the, the World Cup now, but it's also right next to. Eric uh, Perro um, from France, mm -hmm. the very young, the young man, and you look at his shooting compared to Philip Field Anderson, and and my goodness, he's a very good shooter, eighty six percent versus seventy four percent, with uh, Perro being the the better. Anyway, I, that's what I've had the most fun doing with this is just picking out somebody that we know from uh, from the World Cup now, and then and kind of looking for other athletes in that general vicinity. Um, that are that are active now as youth and juniors and kind of picking them out as someone that I want to keep an eye on going forward. Yeah, and I think the other way around, um, like I'm looking, for example, in the youth and junior, Marina Sauter. Mm -hmm. she, her last was in 2017-18. Uh, uh, she was uh, still quite a bit hmm. faster than the field, shooting percentage of 94.8% and fast shooting as well. So then I would go to the IBU Cup. Um, mm-hmm list and just sort by clicking on the name meta and that sorts it alphabetically by name and i don't even see her there so it's interesting yeah. too to know you know what happened to some of these athletes right yeah uh, where did they go did they choose to not compete further or i don't know i yeah. you know anyway so that's another uh take that i've um had with this that is quite quite fun to do and uh, you know will, it's of, of course a lot of you know kids at that age maybe they decide after some fun at the youth and junior that uh, that's it for them to uh to stop from there yeah maybe they want to be uh veterinarians yeah <laughs> hey and then we're running out of time so um i'm gonna send you another link one last hey i'm gonna send you another link real quick if that's oh, okay, okay. Because yep. it just clicked over to an hour. Okay. Yep. 
Okay. Oh, I just wanted to add one more thing on the uh, stat of the week, and that is uh, some work I'm currently doing for the uh, IBU Insider that's coming out soon, but hasn't been published yet. So um, I won't go into too much detail, but I wanted to play by you. And I want to ask you first, if we look at the stats of the season, mm -hmm. do you include the Olympics or not? So as a, I would, it's a, it's a good question, right? So does, I guess, does the IBU want you to, would be one thing because they don't use them for, for their statistics. But as a fan, I would be curious to know because. And I made both. So yeah. there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So let's look at the stats for the, uh, the whole season, including the Olympics. Um, I think it's been talked a lot about the uh, consecutive wins. So I think this is an easy start for the question. But who do you think had the most consecutive wins? I would guess Quinton Fiumei. Right. But okay. that's, that is per discipline, right? Yes. Any idea who had the most consecutive wins overall? So just in the order of the events happening? Men or women? Men or women, yeah. Did anybody have more than two? I would go with Ekhoff. Yeah. No, it's actually Quentin Fiumier who had oh, was it? three in a row twice. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Did it cross over different events, different weekends? Yeah. Yeah, ah. it's just uh, basically all events back-to-back -back the, in the order ah. of uh, occurrence. Mm. <laughs> um, the shooting part, consecutive targets hit. Who do you think had the biggest streak? And this surprised me, actually. In a way, it didn't. Because when I heard the name, I was like, oh, yeah, I can kind of see that. But it surprised me how high it was. Um, so I, in the names we've thrown around a lot, Ader, um, Yaslova, Lotili, uh, Roisland. Um, uh, what was it, Roisland? No. Consecutive targets hit. I, you know, I, I, I don't remember anybody having, oh, was it, was it Vogt? Uh, no, she was, she was, uh, if you don't include the Olympics, she was quite up there, but, uh, okay. with her, uh, less than stellar shooting at the Olympics. Well, uh, for her. Yeah. <laughs> Who was it? It was, uh, Vetlik Christiansen. No kidding. And he had 73 hits in a row over the season, um, oh, starting yeah. March 5th and ending March 19th. He had, he started in a sprint with the last three hits, then a Pursuit 20, Sprint 10, Master 20, Sprint 10, Pursuit 10. And then he had, had a no miss idea. And the first uh, woman or woman was uh, Belosyuk from Ukraine. Oh. That was earlier in the season in December with 56. Huh. And at this end of the season, we had Hildebrandt with uh, 54. And then it's ended with, or about the top five is ended with uh, Yuan Meng Chu from China huh. with 49 and Trsan from Slovenia with 47. And he's a, a male. Hmm. So quite some unexpected names there, but uh, I oh, was absolutely. really surprised by the streaks, even by, uh, by these other athletes as well. Like Hildebrandt, I know she was shooting quite strongly in the, in the end of the season there, but... Uh, 54 in a row. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah, no kidding. 
I, I honestly would not have guessed Christensen. I, I clearly, I, I gave it four tries and I was wrong. <laughs> well, and, and I thought about it and I was like, yeah, yeah, he's actually been shooting quite well, but then I was like, well, but a lot of it was, um, in relays and stuff. And that's not included, right? It's just individual races. Yeah. So, but, um, <laughs> final questions. This has to do with ski team, uh, ski times okay. or, or, um, total course time. So who had the most or the highest number of fastest total course times? So who was the fastest in a, in a, in every race, uh, for men or women? Yeah. No, yeah. You can guess for both. Uh, so, uh, was it Brazé Boucher for the women? Yes. 11 I races. She, she had, had a ton in a row at some point. Yeah. And this and is not just, it doesn't have to be in a row. It's just, Oh total yeah, no, season. I was just saying it. I remember seeing it at one point and it was just a, a huge number Yeah, for the men. I don't, I don't know. Um, it's, it's four men that all have four each four men with four each. Huh? What was Samuelson? One of them Samuelson. Yeah. Um, was Jack Lant in there? Was he in the? Yeah, yeah. Okay. QFM? Yep. I, the fourth one is going to evade me. You're going to slap your head and say, oh, of course. Johannes um, King as well. Oh, oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was thrown off. Because it's just because he, he hasn't been around in the season, yes. right? I haven't seen him in in a month. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes, so now, that makes total sense. So the second question for ski speed is yeah. the number of fastest individual lap times. So let's say in a pursuit, there's five laps. Yeah. So you can win five fastest lap times. Oh, and five, then so for all the races, including the Olympics, starting in with the women. Ton of laps. Yes. Um, I would like to say Elvira. No, she had uh, 23, but uh, uh -huh. Justine Bézard-Boucher had uh, 38. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was second. I was, yeah, I was thinking about uh, all of the times I felt like Elvira was the fastest on the final lap. Um, that's a, that's a, the last question I'm going to ask you. So, For men uh, <laughs> who had the most fastest laps? Yeah. Well, it's got to be one of those four guys. Was it uh, QFM? No, he was second with 16, and uh, Johannes Tingesbo had 20. Of course he was. <laughs> A jerk. And then, as, as you already said, the uh, number of fastest last lap times mm -hmm. for all the races. Mm -hmm. You said Elvira Oberg. Yes. So she had seven, indeed. Uh -huh. Which is also, you know, we I think we've talked about that in the past, where she's just such a strong finisher. Yeah. Um, so she had, you know, quite... Uh, for total course time, she had five compared to 11 for Blaise Boucher. Mm -hmm. She had 23 individual fastest laps compared to 38 from Justin Blaise Boucher. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but she had more seven compared to five. So, uh, that is fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And then for the men, any idea for last lap times? Oh, QFM. QFM. Yeah. Five. Yeah. And he was, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna, just similar to Elvira. You get him close to the finish, and it's like he could smell it. And I gave a hint earlier in the podcast who is second on the list for the men. I missed it. <laughs> Remember how I talked about uh, Ader and his uh, also very experienced athlete, Taryabo? 
yes in, in building up no race and having enough kidding. energy yeah he had four fastest final lap races uh, wow times sorry now that is of everything you just said that is like the most surprising well do you do you remember though just before the olympics we yeah. talked about how he seemed to just peak a little bit too fast because there was this yeah. period where he was just flying and and uh and just was so strong on the skis you were yeah no exactly it was in that, that must January. have been that period yeah, yeah. but because uh, i remember there was a race where he was actually the fastest he was just the fastest period and it was mm -hmm. the first time he'd been the fastest in like five or six years yeah yeah of course his anyway was so a that's part of that. uh that's coming up soon uh, I don't know exactly when they're publishing it, but uh, I send them both versions with Olympics included and not included. So, well, I am, uh, yeah. Well, I, I am <laughs> certainly looking forward to seeing all the all the work on that. Seriously, how do you have time for all this? Yeah, I, I wonder about that myself sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> how much? Sleep do you I'm get actually off this week, so uh, that helps a little uh, bit. But, uh, yeah, no kidding. Because yeah. yeah, you're doing this, you've got your own website. Uh, you did the the obviously we're doing the podcast you've got your real job you've got family <laughs> two little boys i mean that's, that's and uh, i go out skiing on monday night and then you go biathlon. skiing on monday night. biathlon yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh you know it's all fun so um yeah but you, you mentioned my website i i definitely feel like i'm neglecting that a little bit and uh i did yeah. promise that i would write an article about the uh, the two dashboards that i did so i definitely have that high on my list to uh to write a bit of uh how to use document yes. on that and yeah. uh after that, I, I have a, a book full of probably at least 10, 15 pages of work I want to do uh, mm -hmm. during the summer. So, uh, well, as I was say, you've got uh, a, a biathlon stats was counting down for us. I think 249 days left. <laughs> yeah. Ah, put the pressure on, eh? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I could just leisurely work on it. And yeah. Well, because uh, you know you've got to got to fit it in around the uh, was it the Calgary Stampede? Yeah, I, I avoid that. To be no, honest. I I imagine. <laughs> uh, before we left, I actually wanted yep. to give a uh, a special shout out if anybody is still listening at this point uh, to a uh, a listener who wrote us in a very helpful email. We actually did not end up mentioning it on the podcast today, but uh, I will be emailing you back soon to to thank you personally. But uh, we really appreciated all of your insights. I'll just put it that yeah, way. That was that was fun to hear. And it answered a lot of questions for us. Yeah. yeah. And it actually raised a couple more. So I will be uh <laughs> like I said. No, we I'll know where to go for, yeah. for that kind of information. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah. So next week we're gonna do a season recap is mm -hmm. the plan. Yep, or absolutely maybe next week or either the week after we uh we need to finalize that. And yes. uh, we yep. have more planned after that. So uh thanks everybody for listening. And thank you, Jordan. It was uh, a pleasure as usual. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, I, I think this one is actually going to be our longest podcast yet. So we're actually we're <laughs> nowhere close to hitting our goal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll uh, we'll keep working on that. You can't expect everything to change overnight, right? So yep. <laughs> uh, we'll do our best. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody. We really appreciate uh, really appreciate listening. We really appreciate the the comments we've been getting. So uh, thank you for for sticking with us and and encouraging us. And we really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, man. We'll uh, we'll chat soon. It's been a fun one. Yes. Thank you. All right. Take okay. care. Bye bye.